Welcome into the Pokes Report podcast. Zach Lancaster here alongside Brian Murphy. Uh, a little later in the week, but, you know, I mean, we all got busy lives. We got stuff to do. Becoming get... a regular time in the week. Yeah, get off my back. <laughs> all right. Oh, hey, at least it's out before the next game. Okay? That's true. It'll be out. It'll be out later tonight. It is Thursday, 745. Uh, we just got done watching. Uh, we just got done watching the Oklahoma State St. Bonaventure game. A little disappointing. Uh, we're not really going to hit on that too much because once we, you know, probably next week we'll we'll have a chance to really kind of dive into basketball. They've played a couple more games and mm-hmm. we'll have a, we'll have a chance. I'm gonna try to get John Walker on, see if we can't try to try to get him before the end of football season and uh, just kind of get his thoughts on things and uh, obviously talk about some basketball and because I I'm I'm gonna start doing more stuff for Robert starting this week and and obviously one of those is getting back into basketball so uh that was the first basketball i watched cool. tonight so yeah i'm not gonna i'm not kind of i'm in no place to talk well, about gonna, that what's loss. gonna be the uh you covering more games here at home what's gonna be the change yeah you know just writing some more i uh, need a little bit more money and so i'm gonna i'm gonna start writing a little bit more and and uh Covering obviously covering some more basketball and just just doing yeah. just getting back into a well, getting back into that, full swing at things. That happens whenever you know the household grows by one. Just a little bit, you know. Daycare is apparently pretty pretty expensive. It's I think it's a racket. Yeah. I think it's a racket. But um, <laughs> anyway, we're not we're not going to talk a whole lot about the uh, the forty five to three loss to UCF. Um, I, so I talked to uh, talked to Chris Pruitt on the way home, Gray Ghost and. Uh, you go back to last week, and we—I think we both predicted you, uh, an Oklahoma State win. However, you go back to our season preview, and I think all three of us. John Walker was on that show. I think all, I think all, all three of us. Well, yes. and and that was something that you know I, I remember. I I'm going to paraphrase myself because I can't remember exactly what I said. However, I do know that it was if Oklahoma State loses to Oklahoma in Bedlam, if LSU loses Bedlam, then they'll go down and they'll stomp a mud hole in UCF. If Oklahoma State beats OU and they win Bedlam, especially the final Bedlam for at least ten some odd seasons, Oklahoma State, it, it, I they'll lose to UCF. They'll go down to Orlando. It's their space game. They're undefeated in that. The uh, you know emotions will have been incredibly high. Uh, and I'm not going to make excuses. You know, I, I think that everyone has, you know, everyone has emotional wins and stuff like that. It's a power five team. You know, the, the coaching staff's paid a lot of money to get their teams ready. Um, but, you know, I mean, it was an emotionally draining game. I know that there were some injuries and some guys that were banged up that didn't practice a lot. And you, I, I'm not going to – I don't even think it's relevant to talk about the rain. Um, they had rain gear. I mean, if you go and you look at Rex's, you know, uh, you know Rex Davis, Chief uh, – Rex Davis. Uh, if you look at you look at Matt Davis, you know, Chief's uh, <laughs> Twitter account, they they've got winter parkas on the truck, you know. They they pack for everything, and it's just one of those things where, uh, yes, it rains in Florida every afternoon, but there you know no clouds, no forecast. Um, they left the rain gear in the tunnel, and by the time it started to rain, it was too late to go and get it. And by that time, even if they did want to go and get it, no one's going to put it on because well, can't get any wetter. Um, so we're not going to talk about the weather because UCF, they were wet on the other side of the field as well. So it's just one of those. I, I knew that I, I don't want to say no, but I, I figured they would lose, but I don't think I ever anticipated 45 to three. And I think Gundy, no. I think Gundy was right. You know, I, I think you can dive into the X's and the O's and the semantics and this, that, and the other coach out coach, whatever. It was the perfect storm of crap. I mean, everything mm-hmm. went wrong for Oklahoma state. And everything went right for UCF. Who they they have SEC talent. They weren't starters, but you've got second and third string SEC talent. They're athletic, and that was on display on Saturday. That was an emotional game for them. So it's one of those you chalk it up and you move past and never ever talk about it again. <laughs> no, I think that I think you're right. They had they had good they they have good players. Yes, they have a very creative offensive minded coach. And that was something that the Gundy talked about going into the game that, that concerned him, that scared him or not, I don't know, scared, but that he, he had a, uh, a big concern about if they got rolling when you get those kind of coaches. And we're going to talk about that with Dana Holgerson. I don't think Holgerson has the, the same caliber of players that, uh, 
because they were hit pretty hard with the transfer portal. Their starting running backs, a, a freshman, their backup running backs, a sophomore, you know, you were going against, um, the kid, uh, number seven down there at UCF that had just heard all week about how great Ollie Gordon is. And, and if you don't think that lit a competitive fire under him, you know, it did, it 100% did. And he showed out and he ran for two Oh, what? Six, 206 yards, two touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, it, he was running like it was dry. Three, so, touch, three touchdowns, three touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, th- there was no weather affecting him. And, and that's the stuff that, that's the stuff that I think dumbfounds you whenever you see those type of games, especially after, um, the last five weeks, six weeks, go back to the Iowa state game that, uh, that we came out of that going, Hey, there was, there was a glimmer of hope after that game. Yeah, we lost, but we looked better and changed this, changed that. And then all of a sudden it's just like, if this game would have happened after South Alabama, you almost would have expected it. Yeah. But after five straight wins and a, and a tough loss to Iowa state that you arguably could have won that that's when this was completely unexpected to me. Well, and that goes back to, you know, that, that goes back to had they, you know, kind of like an if and ifs and nuts, candies and butts kind of a thing, you know, if they had started Bowman one, one game earlier, uh, this, that, and the other, but you know, it, it's one of those, I, I've heard people try to compare it to the Kansas State game from last year. You didn't get injured in this game. You know, I mean, think about all the players that Oklahoma State lost in the Texas game and how many players they lost in the Kansas State game last year. I think it's unfair to, to try to compare it. I mean, yeah, 45-3, to three, but everything was, was on the table for UCF. And, hell, I mean, they went to Norman and almost beat OU. I mean, I, I don't care what their record was going into, you know, what, what their record is now, even before they beat Oklahoma State. You know, I, I I don't care that they're towards the bottom of the Big 12. You look at the athletes they have. You look at the coaching staff that they have. There are not many teams in college football, in the history of college football, that have gone into Norman and won. And if you, you know, I mean, OU, they don't play that poorly in Norman, and, and UCF almost took it. So, I mean, they were they were due a win, and it's unfortunate that it happened at Oklahoma uh, to Oklahoma State. But if you look at it, you know, you look at what Oklahoma State had done leading into that. You know, they don't fully have their their fate in other teams' hands. But you need a, you need a little bit of good to go your way, and a little bit of luck from other teams. You know, you need a loss from OU or Kansas State. You know, you've got to have. Obviously, you got to go down to Houston and take care of business. And and I, you know, having a conversation with a buddy, and he's like, what do, you, "What do you think about Houston?" I said, "Well, I mean, yeah, you've got the creativity of Dana Holgerson. You know, he wants to beat Oklahoma State. You could see how badly he wanted it when he was at West Virginia. Um, didn't happen a whole lot, you know. I mean, I, I, and I, if you're looking at, if you look at the results that Texas, or excuse me, that Houston's had this year, uh, Oklahoma State's coming off a 45 to three loss. They're mostly healthy, you know, I, I guarantee that they're not going to go down there and do what they did at in, in Orlando at UCF. But if you look at ticket prices, Brian, I think that's pretty indicative of the way Houston feels, the university feels that this game could go. I mean, you could go down and get 200 level tickets for $5. $5. For less than a foot long. For less than dollar menu, you can go down and watch a Power Five p- football game, potential Heisman candidate, for five dollars. You know how much it costs to sit in the two hundred level at Gallagher Iba? How much is that? Hundreds. Yeah. And and they're, and those were way overpriced at Gallagher. I ain't gonna lie to you. Oh, I'm not. And I've I'm tried not, to. I've tried to do the two hundred level before. And, and I'm not like, gonna argue really? that. I mean, that's it's a it's like a donor. You know, season ticket yeah. type of situation, and if you, you know, the the coaching staff, you know, I've I've sat in uh, former coaches' seats uh, for a for a game before, and they were like face value two seventy five a piece. You know, I mean, they're they're good seats, but I mean, it was in a down year, and you know, do the prices, you know, do they reflect what we've seen? I don't know, but if you look at what Houston's charging for football tickets in the two hundred level, which is the middle section of their stadium. It's five dollars a piece. You can't. I don't know if you could go see Oklahoma State basketball play for five dollars a piece. 
That's one yeah, of those like crazy. that's one of those like bring a can of green beans get into the stadium type of games. <laughs> and so Well, and I think OSU fans should travel they should travel pretty well, good to this game. There's a I mean, you're you know, you're in that industry. There is a boatload of Oklahoma State alumni in the Houston area mm-hmm. for oil for oil and gas. Mm-hmm. You, I, oh, I, you can you can guarantee that Robert's daughter Katie and her husband are going to be at the game. They live in Houston. Oh yeah. Well, I I, I know of a former Pistol Pete who used to live. He does still live in Houston. I have to figure out. Jay will, Jay will text me. I'll know that. I'll know whenever he's uh, when he's listening to this because he'll text me whether Tyler Molman still lives in uh, in Houston or not. But yeah, I this, don't know the answer to that. You know, he's I, either Houston or Tulsa. Going in. Yeah, that's a, that's a little different. Um, <laughs> when you look into uh, I think going into last week, you know, on our pregame show with uh, with me and Dorado, we had talked to we had talked to his brother who lives somewhat outside of Orlando and was at the game and and he was like, you know, the, there's a pretty decent amount of Oklahoma State fans down here, you know, they travel really well and and you got to give Oklahoma State fans a lot of credit credit because they do travel really well. Uh this is not like traveling to Kansas or, you know, or OU or, or Fort Worth or whatever, with the, with the number of Oklahoma State fans that live in Texas, I, I'm not, I, I'll never pretend that Oklahoma State uh, or any, I'm not going to say it's Oklahoma State issue, but it, it really any kind of traveling fan base, unless you're like, you know, Kentucky basketball or something. I, I'm not going to sit here and predict that there's going to be more Oklahoma State fans and Houston fans. But with one, the the fan base that lives in Texas and the Houston area, and the price of tickets, and and a chance to see a team bounce back, and I think they will. I really don't think there's any kind of a threat of a of a of a dud game. I'm not saying that there's not a threat of a loss because you never know what happens with college football. But mm-hmm. I don't I don't think you're going to see Oklahoma State go out there and combine for 277 total yards. That's that's last year numbers. Oh, I mean I. There were games where you're like second half of the year last year. Oh my year, god! Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you're you're sitting there towards the end of the season, going, you know, it's, it's Spencer comes in against Iowa State. Maybe we can get to 250 yards. You know, maybe, oh man, we 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 had, you know, 75 rushing yards. Holy cow! You know, I mean, that was that was a really disappointing game. I'm not gonna lay blame anywhere. It was just one of those things. I don't, but I I I don't think you'll see it. I I think you'll. You know, Oklahoma State against Kansas State, you know, Iowa State, Oklahoma, you know, you're going to you're going to see that team out there again. The offensive line should play well. You know, Ollie. Now, here's the thing. I think we've known this and, and they've certainly known this. Ollie's going to get everybody's best from here on out. And, and that's the way it had been after his, you know, his blow up against the Kansas teams. But you're going to for sure like every team from here on out. We're going to sell out to stop the run. I don't think even if Houston does that, I still don't think you're going to see just 52 total yards, 25 of them coming to Ollie Gordon. I'm not going to sit here and predict that they'll rush for 293 like UCF, but I, I do think you'll see a successful Oklahoma State offense. No, I I, I agree with you. I don't think that uh, I don't think we go out and lay another dud. The here's the setting that I was in during this last game. My son CJ had his his team had their like preseason games at five o'clock and seven o'clock. He wanted to go watch a buddy of his play at the, at the three o'clock game or three thirty game, whatever it was. So we go walking into the gym and it's 17, nothing. And at that point you're already, you know, we, we've already turned the ball over anyway, every way possible. Um, we've already given up long plays, we've given up long drives. We've it's, it's, it's horrible from that point. We go walking in. I told him, I just go, well, at least it can't get, I mean, it really can't get worse. I was wrong, but it was like, at least it can, you know, trying to be optimistic a little bit. Mm-hmm. Hey, it can't, it can't get worse than down 17. you got to start chipping away, blah, blah, blah. So we go in, we watch the games. We have our game in between games is the first time that I got to go check the score again. And I have to coach. So I'm, you know, can't be looking at the phone and all that. I go over there to, they had a TV on in the lobby and I go looking up there and as I'm going, walking up, there's two OSU fans are staying there, their OSU shirts on and they're just staring at the TV with their arms folded and they're just shaking their head like left, you know, shaking it. No. And I'm going, well, that doesn't look good. 
And so I turned the corner, look up, see, uh, see 45 to three. And I went, well, all right, back to basketball. And just turned right back around and walked back out. And they just laughed. They were like, hey, at least you get to go, you know, do something else. We have to sit here and watch this. I'm like, you can come watch us. But going in, down at 17 nothing, you don't think it can get worse than it did or than it was. And it, and it did. Mm-hmm. And that's what you just go after the game, you know, you look at the stats and you just go, okay, like how did, okay, well, surely Ollie at least had, you know, got his hundred yards and yeah, it's junk time and national media is not going to care, you know, or whatever. He, I really hate that for Ollie that, that as much as he got built up the last week or two, that the legs of that just got kicked right out from underneath it. Mm-hmm. And I was a little surprised after the fumble that he was the running back that came back out the, uh, the next drive Gundy's thing forever has been, if you put the ball on the ground, you're going to be standing next to me for at least a drive. But maybe that, maybe that goes by the wayside. If you have a national, if you have a Heisman campaign going, I don't know. Well, I think when you look at the fact that he's been so explosive all year, the fact that he has been a catalyst for such success, I mean, I, I don't want to sit here and say that at, at really any point in the first half, I was like, all right, this game is over. You know, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and write my story. I'm going to fill it out. And as soon as the game is over, I'll, I'll plug in some stats, right? I, I don't think, I mean, yeah, going into, I mean, going into halftime, you're what, 14, nothing, I think is what the, is what the score was going. Uh, in. 20. Is it 20? Didn't I have, I think. Uh, let's see, uh, 24, 24. Sorry, I was, I'm going by the quarters. 24-0. I'm going by the quarters, and I thought it was a cumulative score, but it was just the <laughs> score of the second quarter. Um, even, yeah. you know, even that, even going into halftime down 24 to nothing, I don't think I was like, all right, this, this game is completely over, right? I mean. No, because we've seen Boise State games. Yeah, OSU gets the ball to start the second half, and and when you look at it, I mean, they had a really solid drive, right? I mean, yo, yeah. Uh, let's see, Ollie Gordon gain a five, uh, Bowman to Ollie for nine yards, incomplete. There's a, an eleven yard pass to Leon Johnson, Jaden Nixon. Uh, There's a loss, but uh, Bowman a fifteen yard to Leon Johnson, eighteen yards to Owens. Nine yards to Johnson. I mean, they're boom, boom, boom down the field. Mm-hmm. But then they had to settle for a field goal, and you're thinking, oh, man, that's that sucks. But it's okay. So 24-3, to three, you're a couple of scores away, and then you kick off to UCF. There's a play, there's a play, there's a play, there's an interception. Um, there was the, the forced fumble sack for Xavier Benson, right? I mean, he recovers it. Very next play, Allen Bowman throws an interception, and then a 92-yard touchdown. At that point, I was like, okay, I'm, yeah. I'm I am less than optimistic, but at any given moment, if you go back to the previous five games, at it, excuse me, at any given moment, Ollie Gordon, you give him the ball, and he's up the middle, you know, he's he's around the outside and he's picking up fifteen to twenty five to thirty forty yards, and he's in the end zone, and now all of a sudden the defense has shown some life, you know, the 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 momentum has switched a little bit, and if you score a touchdown there, twenty four to three, and all of a sudden you're twenty four to seven. And maybe Alan Bowman doesn't throw an interception, right? You're probably not going to give up a 92 yard. And maybe you kick a field goal. Maybe a maybe you score a touchdown. Whatever it is, and and then you're you know 24 to 14, right? I mean, a lot of a lot of ifs and whats and all that stuff. But mm-hmm. I I'm until the until the middle of the third quarter, I was I was okay with Ollie being that guy. Right. And and then once we got to the third quarter, I was just kind of like, OK, I mean, Ollie took a lot of snaps. And then obviously towards the end of the game, um, you look at, you know, you look at uh, Jaden Nixon. He got a few touches and, and then they just kind of stopped rushing. Right. I mean, you only had 25 carries on the game. Um, but you got a, you got the freshman in uh, Sessi, uh, uh Valahi. I mean, I mean, that was. At, at that point, you're just thinking, let's 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 get this game over with. The good thing is uh, there are guys on this team that experienced it last year. There are guys, obviously, that experienced it this past weekend. Uh, like I mentioned, you don't, you didn't deal with a lot of injury. You know, you're not, you're not super, super banged up. You've got a lot of maturity on the back end of the defense. You've got a lot of maturity on the offense. 
Uh, you've got a really good quarterback that has been through it. Obviously, Ollie's been through it. Uh, the offensive line is is blocking well. You know, it wasn't great. Well, you, you have an entire team that's already been through disappointment earlier this year. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, to to come out of you know non conference at that South what, Alabama loss should have been with a horrible South Alabama yeah, loss. Yeah, that should have been. Go, and then yeah, and and yeah. And to go into conference play and then go 0-1 in conference play, yeah, you're disappointed. So, And they've seen by, you know, Gundy keeps preaching uh, that he's going to tell them the truth and that he's going to get them back at it and that they're, you know, very businessman-like structure that that's going to get them back on the right path. And they've seen that work once. I'm going to bet that they buy into the – Okay, as and I, and I'm gonna bet that that Gundy said as as high as you were on Saturday night after OU. I don't hopefully mean like literally high, but figuratively high, emotionally high. The fact that you're the exact opposite right now, low on Saturday night after the UCF game Sunday, it's a it's about correcting the game before. I'm sure there were corrections during the OU game. There were definitely corrections in the UCF game. But on Monday, it's to the next opponent. That's the that is the beauty of a of a football schedule that is just week to week, back to back. You don't have time. Mm-hmm. Fans, you and I can still be sitting here on Thursday night talking about last week. If the OSU football team is still talking about last week, they're in a lot of trouble on Saturday. Yeah. You well, and, so and the good thing is there, like we mentioned, there is a lot of maturity on this team. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of experience. Even the young guys who were forced to play last year, you know, they they've lived through it. And I'm a loss is bad. A 45 to three loss is bad, but it doesn't feel hopeless, right? I mean, after that Kansas State game last year, I really, I I, I mean, you go back through it. I'm sure we talked about it on the podcast, and we were all optimistic. I don't know if I felt confident to say that they would have won another game after that Kansas State game last year. I don't have that feeling right now. You know, it's just one of those, like, it was the perfect crap storm. It's moved on. You've got a Houston team that is, you know, I mean, they're not a good football team. And and they'll be ready to play this game, there's no doubt. You know, I, I think that they'll, you know, they'll get up for this game. But they just, Oklahoma State is a better football team. And I think when you look mm-hmm. at, when you look at the team top to bottom, I really don't expect you to see another performance like you saw on Saturday. I think that the offensive line will be better. Bowman will be better. The defense will be better. Uh, two things that Houston is absolutely going to try to do, though, they're going to sell out to stop the run and and try to get Allen Bowman to beat you through the air. We've seen teams sell out to stop the run before. West Virginia, Cincinnati, uh, Kansas, Kansas State, doesn't matter. Ollie Gordon is still going to torch you on the ground. Obviously, that's what the coaching staff is going to be working on this week, trying to get Ollie back to that scenario. And then the other thing Houston's going to try to do is kill Oklahoma State with a deep ball. Go go after that secondary, you know, try to torch them deep because that is clearly still an issue for this mm-hmm. team. No, it is. And let's talk about these last two games. Something I kind of want to throw out there. Do, do you think that these last two games – the win. Do you think that that has an impact on whether Oklahoma State is, and I'm going to call them importers and exporters, during the transfer portal window? Last year, I would say, I mean, you can you can go in and say, okay, we filled the spots by, you know, and you can argue whether the team is better now or if they would have had the same guys come back, all that. But I would say last year we were an exporter. Okay, we sure. we got what was it, 17, 18, 20 guys that left? I don't remember how many it was. Yeah, it was like 17 was to 19. 17 to 19. So I think I think if you go over, let's say you got to set a number there. I would say 10. If you go double digit, like 12, you know, if you go over that, you're an exporter. You are having to fill spots and probably fill starting spots mm-hmm. with people in the portal. Do you think that because if – there's a huge difference, and it's not. I think it's more than just two games in the record. To me, there's a huge difference between a nine and three team and a seven and five team. Oh, 100%. More than just the two games. 100%. And, and so I think that the last, I think this scenario is so peculiar because I think it's impossible, it's literally impossible to predict the transfer portal. 
mm-hmm. think I think Oklahoma State could go nine and three, and I think that you know, and then depending on you know what happens with other teams, do they play in the Big Twelve championship game? I think that could determine you know I mean, and then what bowl game do they go to, and how do they play in that game? But it's so impossible because even with how bad the season ended last year, I don't think I anticipated the type of players that entered the portal. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma State always has 14 to 16 players enter the portal. The only difference with last year to the previous years is in previous years you had some scholarship players that were third and fourth string, some second string that thought, you know, hey, listen, I only got a, I got one year left, I got two years left, I want to go and be the guy, and there's someone ahead of me. It's just not going to work out. Uh, and you had a lot of walk-ons to to transfer out. Last year, I, I'll say I wasn't confident that Spencer was coming back. I don't think I expected him to leave the way he did, how this scenario played out sure. over yeah. the last month and a half. Yeah, well, we t- we talked about a lot a lot of it off air because you're not going to get on air on the, in this format and right. say our starting quarterback needs to go somewhere else. Right. But off air, we were talking about if the guy has NFL aspirations, he probably needs to go run a different system. I didn't. We didn't think that it was going to be go hold a clipboard for Ole Miss. Yeah, but- you're you're thinking. You know, obviously, you're going to try to go somewhere where you can play and and play well, and that wasn't mm-hmm. the case. Um, but I, I never, I don't think I anticipated Spencer coming back. He had done all he could at Oklahoma state and all he was going to do at Oklahoma state. Um, I don't, and I don't think I anticipated the number of receivers that left. Sure. Um, I didn't expect some of the defenders to leave like Mason Cobb. I don't fault him. I mean, he's the leading tackler at US, uh, USC. Uh, he's back closer to home. His family's out there. Uh, and really, if you think about it, Brian, two players, Two, one, two, count them. One, two, uno, dos. Of the players that entered the portal for Oklahoma State have done diddly squat, right? Those are the only two players that have done anything of the players that left. John Paul Richardson has had rather a pedestrian year. Um, you look at uh, Dominic Richardson for Baylor. He has not played well. Uh, Thomas Harper has not played well. Obviously, Stephon, Stephon Johnson will see this weekend. Yeah, Stephon Johnson's interesting. I know he had that Hail Mary grab, but that was a tipped pass that just so happened yeah, to sure. land to him. Um, he, has, he has 18 catches in 10 games. Yeah, so, not, yeah not one or two a game. That's, uh, pedestrian is a great great way to put it. Yeah. Has Jabbar Muhammad done much? Jabbar Washington? Muhammad, I think he's a starter. Yeah, I think he's, he's probably done it's, well. It's Jabbar Muhammad and, and Mason Cobb are the two guys mm-hmm. that have really done anything. And... If you look at, like, if Stephon Johnson had a stayed here, you know, I mean, what, who do they not get, right? I mean, do they right. not, do they not get Stribling? Do they not get Leon Johnson? Do they, you know, so it's, mm. it's a real question that you have to try to figure out. But other than two guys, they didn't play well. They, the, the guys have mm-hmm. not played well. So it's absolutely been addition for uh, by subtraction uh, this year. Now, I think that if Oklahoma, but and that's because the coaches went out and recruited. The analysts found the players, no question. But I think that the 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 thought behind the question here is: if you are an importer, if you're bringing in people to add to the to the guys that you already have, if I have to think that coming out of last year, what what kind of hope did you you know in a player? Did you really have? You, so I mean, for me, we wanted. I think I've got wanted, two. Uh, I think about two. I, two ways of looking at import export for last year, because by the end of January, you're thinking absolutely export. Oh my God, look who we've lost! You've got the rumors floating of why some of these offensive players left, um, coming off of the, the one of the worst seasons we've seen under Gundy. Uh, they're not going to win another game. They need to fire the coaching staff. Who's going to enter at the end of spring? Yada, 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 yada. Midway through the year, I think you can go back and, and kind of regrade it and say that Oklahoma State was importers because you you lost a lot of dead weight. It's evident that there were some – I don't know who, and I'm not going to speculate, but it's very evident that there were some locker room cancers that, were no, that are no longer on the, the roster. The team seems better. Uh, they've won – you know, well – They've won the same amount of games, and there's still two games left. But it's a it's a better team. It's a healthier team. It's a happier team. I think if Oklahoma State goes out and 
do what they should, right? Which is which is beat Houston, and they should beat BYU. Um, I know that Iowa State beat Oklahoma State, but OSU is a better team than Iowa State. Uh, and with what Iowa State did on the road in Provo, if you're an Oklahoma State fan, if they take care of business against Houston, you have to feel optimistic about senior night in Stillwater against a BYU team that's kind of struggling. If they finish the year nine and three, finish well. Let me rephrase. If they finish the regular season nine and three, whether they play in a Big Twelve championship game or not, whether they play in a big time bowl game or not, I think that the optimism is so high. I don't think they're going to lose players to the portal based on what last year's team lost to the portal. Last year's it was a it was terrible. It was abysmal. Um, players are unhappy. They're they're upset. They're injured. They whatever it might be. You lost a boatload of players to the portal, not because they want to go somewhere else and have a chance to play, but because they're unhappy with it, with the whole situation. They got better, you know, addition by subtraction. And I think if Oklahoma State wins, I think when you look across the board, you're really only set to, in terms of like going professional, going pro, going into the draft, they're really not going to lose a whole lot of players, right? I think that there's the threat of Kendall Daniels and Colin Oliver going. Um, there's Bowman and Leon Johnson. Uh, there's players that could or could not receive waivers. But you're really not going to lose a lot of top-end talent to the to the draft. And I think the coaching staff and Pokes with a Purpose and the athletic department, I think they've really got their work cut out for them trying to keep players like Kendall Daniels and Colin Oliver, not to transfer, but to keep them from going pro. Hey, listen, get another year. Look at the young talent we have on this team. Look at the look at the expectations that we have for this team moving forward. The offensive line is playing really well. I think they're going to get better. The defense, for as, as many big plays that they've given up this year, they're relatively young, and they're going to get better. They've gotten better throughout the year. They'll be even better next year, uh, in theory, anyway, on paper. Uh, Ollie Gordon, I think I'm not going to sit here and say that he transfers or not transfers or whatever, but I think this is one of those pokes with a purpose situations. Ollie could love Oklahoma State. I think all these players love it. I mean, Kendall Daniels retweeting Zach Bryan, you know, and, and all this stuff. There's a lot of love for the program and the coaching staff. I think that Jordan Addison really loved Pitt, but when you get someone approaching you with three plus million dollars, that it it starts to oh man I don't I don't I don't know you know I'm, and I'm not saying that's going to happen but if you're pokes with a purpose and you're the athletic department and these coaches and the fan like your big players will absolutely be and they're probably being talked to right now or their representatives are or family or whoever it is so I think sure. that. The, 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 I think they've really got their work cut out for them, but not in the sense of I'm unhappy, I'm going to leave. It's I love it here, and you could argue they don't if they decide to leave, but I love it here. I've really enjoyed my time, but I'm 20 years old. I've got a family situation back home. This program here, you know, I'm a sophomore. I'm about to be a junior, or I'm a redshirt sophomore. I'm fixing to be a redshirt junior. I really need one more year of college I need to show out and show the NFL what I got. I can either do it here or I've got this program 200 miles away or three, four, 500 miles away saying, hey, listen, I know you were getting X amount, $100,000 there. We can get you 900 plus. So it's, it's not so much a I'm unhappy where I'm at. I'm disappointed because of the lost situation like it was last year. It's going to be, damn, dude, you see what he did in Stillwater? What, what what could we do when we get him in the SEC or the Big Ten or whatever it might be? So I, I think that I think this year they need to be they need to be more importers than exporters this year. But that just because they're bringing in talent to replace guys that have graduated or left for the draft, not in terms of leaving for the transfer portal. Yes. No, I hundred percent agree. And I think that if you can get it, if, if it's, I think it starts with Ollie. If you can get an Ollie to, it's pretty freaking sad that you have to get your starting running back to recommit to the program. So the program's continuing to go in the right direction, but here we are. Um, you know, if, if Ollie is back, you, that, that's a guy right there that, 
you can ollie back. You don't have to worry about losing starters to the. That's ball. right. Yeah, because everybody across the nation, not everybody, but a lot of people in the transfer portal are now they want to go to a place where a guy like that is playing. Exactly. Oliver, you know, all the stars that you just mentioned. Um, the, you know, the one thing that I think would help that would have helped OSU even more is if you know that Ollie and a starting quarterback are coming back. Um, you know, I, I don't know what the Bowman situation is with COVID year medicals, red shirts. I don't yeah. have a clue. He's already played six. Not so, starting for um, two years, not playing for two whole years. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't, I don't know where his eligibility stat. I mean, that's, that's going to be for somebody, uh, with, a much higher pay grade than me uh, within the OSU staff to figure out. But if you've got a returning starting quarterback and a returning running back, I, I think you're, especially the caliber of Ollie Gordon, I think you're definitely an importer. And the season next year looks that much better because you're only bringing in guys that are going to compete for starting jobs. You're not filling a roster Um like they like they sort of had to this year, and they hit yeah. on on a lot of good guys. I Justin Justin Kirkland did was he actually brought in to say you're going to compete for a starting job, or was he a body? Um, you know, uh, Dalton Cooper I think was brought in to say hey you're going to compete for a starting job, and look how that's how that's played out. Well, if you're only if you bring back a main core of guys and then add to it rather than just have to fill roster spots yeah Nick you know 24 looks incredible I think but uh and then speaking of uh the future we got uh we got this dry this recruiting class they got their quarterback yeah good luck Malachi Smith do what yeah it's a good 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 luck good luck pronouncing <laughs> that name yeah no so I think he I think he's actually been a commit longer than you've been at Napa but it just kind of came out yeah, so, Isn't that right? Yeah, so that's something I remember talking to Robert about it, and he was like, I had to go back because the last time I wrote about it, I mean, other than kind of mentioning him in articles, he was like, the last time I wrote about it was the, like July 31st. You know, it was on into August. And, and it, I'm not going to say that it was like a silent commit, like per se, but, you know, it, it was one of those like, okay, this is going to happen. We're just waiting for him to make the announcement. And it, it's been a while. I mean, it, we're, we're talking, you know, middle of the summer for him to, you know, kind of make his announcement because I, I typed an article up, you know, months ago for, mm -hmm. for the commitment. And Robert went through and, you know, completely rewrote it because we're, well, I mean, months later. But it, it's one of those that they, you know, they really like what they have in them. Uh, you know, if you look at it, go through and, and obviously some of these are not committable are uh, you know committable offers anymore right because Oklahoma State they offer I don't want to say tons and tons but they offer a lot of players and it's kind of like it's kind of like courting a girl right it's kind of like dating you're you're interested in a girl you kind of talk back and forth and back and forth you're gonna get to a point in that quote unquote relationship entry whatever you want to call it and you know if you if she likes you or not if there's a future there or not if you're calling her and sending her texts and little gifts and they're being reciprocated or if she's just saying oh cool thanks you know what i'm saying she's leaving you on red yeah there's there's a lot of those there's a lot of those scenarios when it comes to recruiting uh oklahoma state offers a lot of big time athletes as you know as sophomores and juniors and, and they're in on these kids really early. And, uh, who was the, um, Oh, for crying out loud, who was the, uh, the offensive lineman that ended up committing, uh, to Texas. That was like, uh, oh, Kel goodness. Kelvin, yeah, Kelvin right. Banks. Okay. There you go. You know, you get Kelvin Banks. Um, that's, that's a big one there. Uh, the, the defensive tackle defensive end that was committed for the longest time, um, out of Dallas that, decommitted and committed to Texas, you know, it, it's scenarios where Oklahoma state gets in on these kids early and they really like them. And then guess what? All of a sudden another team jumps in and starts showing some interest and, and, and they're like, Oh, Hey, I appreciate the, appreciate the text Oklahoma state, but I'm not, I'm moving on. So when you go through the list of, of offers that Smith had a lot of those scenarios very clearly, but there's some big time programs that Oklahoma state out recruited 
or you know worked a little bit harder than to try to land him. So commits to Oklahoma State November 12th. Other offers, Arizona, Arizona State, BYU, Cal, Cincy, Colorado, Florida State, Kentucky, Louisville, Miami, uh, Michigan State, Missouri, uh, Utah. That's a big one there because uh, the poly uh, culture and the fact that it's so close to California and Washington. I mean, there's there's another scenario right there. So, oh, this is a big pickup for Oklahoma State. Six uh, four, anywhere between six three and six five, depending on the recruiting service. Uh, good arm, good head on his shoulders. Need to, need to put on some weight, but this is a this is a, a really talented quarterback. Um, obviously, from out west, Oklahoma State has done a really really good job in the last handful or so odd years of recruiting uh, the poly culture and recruiting out west. And I don't expect either one of those to let up anytime soon. Here's what, here's what his own coach said about him. And, and he was talking about, he was on Robert Allen's show. He was talking about the, the fact that he's quote unquote, only a three-star um, he's, you know, that uh, in order to get stars, you got to have the stats that back up some tape and, you gotta and go to the he camps doesn't, and the, yeah. yeah. And, and that his, his stats aren't, they don't look as impressive total wise. Now the, the ratios are really good. He's got like a almost 10 to one court, uh, touchdown to interception ratio. But here's what the coach said out here. We've had seven running clocks in 11 games, which means that they're beating a team by so bad that the clock, they just let's get this game over with. And, and the clock doesn't stop on, you know, out of bounds. It doesn't <laughs> The clock doesn't stop, okay? So they've had seven of those in 11 games. We had a running clock in the second quarter when we, play, when we played Salinas in a playoff game. I've never heard of that. Malachi's stats are not, are not as much. If he played 40 quarters, then I think he'd have twice as many touchdown passes with 40, and I don't think he'd have very many more uh, interceptions. I had a Division One coach come onto campus in the spring and watched him to in throw two throws and walked off cam- off the campus and said he was offered. You are getting a big time NFL type of arm. What I've seen, and we've talked about this with a lot of different uh, quarterbacks, uh, all the way back to Spencer, uh, whenever, when we got Zane Flores, the thing that I was so hyped about him is just how smooth his throwing motion is, mm-hmm. how smooth he is to get the ball out. That's what you're getting in this guy too. He's 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 smooth when his feet are set. His arm motion is smooth when he's on the run. Um, to say, you know, I, I don't know whether to say he has big time NFL type arm. I mean, that's that's years away. Like you said, he needs to put some meat on the bones. He's coming to a great place to do that, but. Um, but just that smooth, you're, you're not having to fix mechanics and reads. Yeah, exactly. His mechanics look great. Oh, there's no question. I, I think that uh, this is, you know, and I can't, I can't predict anything, you know, same thing with floors, you know, but I, I think that the pedigree is there. I think that the talent level is there. It's just whether or not it translates. And, and when you're going out and you're, you're recruiting quarterbacks, this is the type of quarterback that you are going to mm-hmm. go after and, and in hopes that it translates to the next level. So uh, big pickup here. I know the three-star, but it, this is a big pickup. Just go watch the tape. You don't, have, you don't have to argue stars with this one. You just go watch the game tape, and, and you'll get your answer. Uh, real quick here before we get out of here, uh, you got a score prediction for, uh, for Houston this weekend? Oh, man. I think, um, yeah. Perfect. I can say 27-21 again. I like it. <laughs> but, I like no, it. I think I, I think I think we I think we it's a high score. I think it's I think it turns into a fun old school Big 12 45 45 38. Okay. I like that. You know, I think that there's a I think it's certainly possible that we could see a, a, a traditional Big 12. You know, you get Dana back and all that. I, I think that you're looking at I, I don't know. I I feel like 3827 you know Oklahoma yep. state I, yep. I I don't know if you're gonna see uh you know 500 plus yards of total offense and and just scoring out the wazoo but I do think Oklahoma State gets it back I think the run game uh certainly back to where it was at least 
kind of like in Bedlam, you know, the, the, the subpar 140-yard performance. You know, I, I think that Ollie is, is going to be angry and not revenge because you haven't played Houston yet, but kind of that revenge mentality. Hey, we sucked it up on Saturday. That's not who we are. That's not how we play. We've got an opportunity this Saturday against Houston. Let's go out there and, and show the nation that, that that game was a fluke and that we are a good football team. So, Hey, the last time that we played Houston, we lost in 2009. So it is a bit of a revenge game. That's it was true. Also, it is also, that was the game, the first game of Des Bryant's rest of the season suspension. Oh. Yeah, so, you know, we got we got some revenge to get, Zach. Here's, so, the, here's the problem, though, is that... Were any of these kids alive then? Half these kids were like... <laughs> uh, Fourth grade. Four, anywhere, so it was 14 years. So we're talking anywhere between oh, okay. four and like six years old, seven years old. Yeah. That's now, funny. obviously Bowman and, you know, you're going to have guys that are, that were like, you know, nine or 10, whatever, but a, but a good chunk of these kids, uh, we're probably still wearing pampers. All right. So we've, we've, it, I don't think that's a, an issue, but what's hey, cool let's... is Cole Birmingham, Cole Birmingham is from the city of Houston. He played at Katie. So, uh, it's, nice. uh, it's, I think I saw we have 39 players from the state of Texas. Yeah. 38 or 39. And... Yeah. I tell you, this is a bad year to not play the traditional oh, Texas schools. Oh man, no doubt. Baylor three and seven, TCU four and six, Texas Tech five and five. Now Texas nine and one. That would, that would be no, you know, no fun. I hope to see him in in Arlington. We'll we'll figure all that out. That's that sounds like a mess. What's funny but is if, talking if, to talking if to OSU Dorado, wins out, they're in. Is pretty much it now, right? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you need to know you were Kansas State loss or Iowa State loss, and what uh, what's funny is that you know you talk about traditional Texas schools. Uh, going back. Oh, no, and- hold on. I think you only need an Iowa state loss. So you need Texas to, cause, cause that's what they came out and changed the ruling. Yeah, cause is, you've got the it- head to head, but I mean, obviously a loss would, I mean, it, it, it leaves no doubt. I mean, then there is no head to head or any, like to not be in a tiebreaker, you would need all of those teams to lose, which you'll get Fine, Kansas state. I'll Iowa root state. against OU. Oh twist my arm. man. Uh, but I remember I gave some grief to, to Tom Dorado about, you know, because for the longest time, Oklahoma State is the weakest schedule. And I guess technically you could say that it's not the strongest schedule. Um, but you could also argue that if they played traditional Texas schools, Sands, Texas, uh, then it would be an easier schedule. So uh, there, there, yeah. it, there is that. But all right, Brian, I appreciate hey, it. Do, always, do you want to uh, run through the Big blast. 12 real quick? Uh, you yeah. want to run through? I suppose we could real quick. I got some more. Well, okay, this do, is so. real quick because I think this is interesting. OU plays at BYU at 11 a.m. here. That's a 10 a.m. kickoff out there. Yeah, we thought OU fans hated 11 a.m. kicks. <laughs> yeah, so you get 10 a.m. <laughs> Good luck. Uh, who, who wins that? Uh, OU by how much? Uh, 17. Ooh, ooh, BYU covers. I like it. Uh, man, I think uh, I think OU rolls. I think they get them by like 30 plus. Yeah. It's possible. Uh, Cincinnati at bowl eligible West Virginia. Yeah, man. Give me the Mountaineers. I, I didn't have a lot no of. Mountaineers. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't have a lot of faith or, or hope in uh, Neil Brown's team, but he's certainly saved his job for at least one more year. I think that the, the Mountaineers are playing well. And um, other than the other than Oklahoma State UCF, uh, the traditional Big 12 schools, uh, current Big 12 schools has, have really taken it to the, the new four. Uh, so I give me West Virginia. Yeah, and credit to Cincinnati for their season being essentially over at two and seven. You're not gonna, you're not bowl eligible, and yet they went into Houston and got a win last week. Yeah, uh, and almost almost had forty minutes of possession time. Always That's something crazy. Always something to play for, Brian. Always something in the Who Cares game of the week in the Big Twelve. Baylor three and seven Baylor at four and six TCU. Ugh, I hope real, there's, hope there's 15,000 at that game. Real crap fest, huh? Um, <laughs> man, I don't even know. And honestly, I don't really, care. <laughs> don't really care. Don't, don't know. Don't care. Okay. It's such a, so UCF it's such a bad, such a Texas, bad game. Um, five and five UCF at five and five Texas tech. So real, real quick. <laughs> I went to Bristow. They're purple pirates. Uh, give me TCU in the, in the Bible bowl. Um, oh, nice. I would take, Give me UCF. I think they got the athletes. I think that they're going to be riding really high, 45-3. to three. I don't think you're going to see an emotional letdown. Tech is an incredible disappointment this year. 
I think that uh, when what we saw from from UCF last year, Harvey uh, Plumley eleven Plumley was eleven of eighteen for two ninety nine three touchdowns with a two hundred and fifty five point six quarterback rating. I don't know if you'll That's ever get PlayStation stuff. I don't know if you'll ever get those two performances again. But he also had fourteen carries for seventy four yards. UCF is playing well. Um, give me give me the Knights. I think they're I think they'll get their second straight uh, Big Twelve win in a row. Over-under on that game is 59-and-a-half. Yeah, the, the only over. thing I'm certain about is the over. Yeah, give me the over. <laughs> I, I, You could set right. the over at 70, and I would take the over. Could they play that game on the moon, and you would take the over? Yeah, you know, they, they, should, <laughs> they should play games on the moon, man. I, I think they, I think it'd go better. So uh, we got the, got the uh, Kansas versus Kansas State game in Lawrence. Okay, so – Jaden, is it Jalen Daniels or Jaden Daniels? Who is the who's the KU quarterback that set out this year? Yeah, Daniels. Yeah, yeah. With his announcement today, I got unfinished business. I ain't going nowhere. I'm coming back. Rock chalk. This team's gonna be feeling it. Uh, give me, give me the Jayhawks. It's Jalen, by the way. But yeah, go. yeah, and uh, I like that. I, I like it, but I don't like it that much. I think I'm. I think Kansas State goes in there and. Wins the game. Uh, Texas at Iowa State. Yeah, I, I, Oklahoma State fans don't have to worry about uh, a head-to-head with Iowa State. I'm sorry. I, I like the Cyclones. I know that Oklahoma State fans have a have a, um, a soft spot, a warm spot in their heart for Iowa State and Kansas State and all that because they're down-home good folk. Ain't going to have to worry about a head-to-head with Iowa State. I, I, Texas mm. is going to thump the Cyclones. So Texas just lost their starting running back, Mr. Jonathan Brooks. Okay. I'm going to bet that there's some other five-star that's behind him. Yeah, I'm going to bet that that doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, you know what, yeah. though? It could, taking, but I doubt I'm taking, it. I'm, I'm taking Iowa State in a in, – in a, the only reason I say that is I've seen Iowa State do this and ruin somebody's no, season so before first hand. So you'll take them to cover? Is that what you're saying? No, I'm oh, going to okay. take them to win wow, the game. Yeah. Wow. It's only a seven and a half point spread, which is That's really shocking. Low. Yeah, give me, yeah. I'll, take the, Usually, I'll take the Warners. <laughs> All right, you got the Horns, I got Iowa State. Now, you may lead us out of here. I got to get out of here. I got to go uh, write a quick game. So I'm write sure, something. I'm surprised I haven't got a call from Robert yet. I was on the plane. I told you to write a game story. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> Look, he knew if he'd call that we'd three would just patch him into this thing. That's true. And smart, he'd be on the podcast. Smart man. Uh, but that's going to do it for the Poke Sport Podcast. Uh, for Brian Murphy, I'm Zach Lancaster. We're going to get out of here. Hopefully, we'll have something better to talk about next week. Hopefully, we'll be talking about a, an Oklahoma State win over Houston, and hopefully, we'll be talking about a couple of wins uh, for Oklahoma State hoops. But that's going to do it for us this time. We'll talk to you next time here on PokesReport.com.